I had the good fortune to achieve pretty much everything I wanted to achieve and realize there was nothing there because my passion and my purpose, when I've gotten out the way of them a bit more, are actually telling me this is my role here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. I watched the ball drop from my hands. I watched my leg kick it, but I wasn't doing it. I wasn't, I wasn't. While many of you will know today's guest on Mindset Matters as the England rugby captain who famously won the World Cup in 2003. Strangely enough, that's not how I know Johnny at all. I've only ever known him in life after his professional career in rugby and for him to be on the journey of creating his own podcast, I Am, where he explores what it is that makes us who we are and looks at how we tackle, pun intended, performance and potential. We've had many conversations over the years about what it means to thrive, what it means to be alive and to follow your purpose. And I think his desire to learn more about the world and us as humans is something that most people don't really get a chance to see. But he's got a great perspective on life and its challenges, as well as failure when it comes to creating a life that we want for ourselves. I often find myself leaving conversations with Johnny feeling like he's helping me to find answers to some of the things that I want to know more about. How do we achieve potential? How do we maximize our performance? How do we become the best and healthiest version of ourselves physically and mentally? And I find myself thinking, how can I be more Johnny? In fact, what I really admire about him is his amazing childlike curiosity about wanting to learn stuff and piece things together. If you'd like to learn more about the topics I talk about with Johnny in this episode, check out the Mindset Matters Hub, where you'll find courses, resources, and masterclasses designed to help you create a mindset for success. So let's jump in with this episode of Mindset Matters, as I chat with the one and only Johnny Wilkinson about his dreams of sporting success and perfection and achieving a lifelong goal to finding peace, exploring performance, and examining human potential. Hello, and thank you for joining me today. This is one of the strangest experiences for me because I obviously know you outside of the podcast world. Mm, Yeah, we're having a, a chat that we've had many times before. Not quite, I'm sure it'll be brand new in many ways, but yeah, just uh, another day in the life. So I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. What's really strange is I don't know you from the rugby world. Like that's not mm. my, other than I actually did see the kick when you won the World mm. Cup, which is a bit weird. It's the only rugby game I've ever watched in my life before meeting my husband. Um, so I only know you as you are now. And I know obviously you're the same person, but it's a really strange context for me because I don't have tons and tons rugby questions maybe that's a good thing I don't know it's a very good thing yeah I mean to be fair a lot of my stuff I talk about it's always quite nice to reflect through whatever lenses you're wearing now and see how different your past can look which is a really powerful thing you mentioned you know you maybe still the same person but in a way I'm kind of I'm kind of glad to say that I feel quite distanced from a lot of the people I've been in my life um, and I consider that to be a sort of step in the direction of evolution as opposed to the step in the direction of development. You know, when you develop, you're kind of taking what you are and just sharpening it and this kind of thing. But the evolution stuff, I think, can lead you down some very interesting routes. And you look back and think, geez, you know, I was so different. 
And I think I'm sort of, I'm enjoying that experience. I quite like looking back and not, and always understanding because I have those emotional memories, but, but enjoying looking back and thinking there's no way I would see that the same way now, not even close. Mm. There's sort of, there's, there's actually quite a lot has gone from the person I was, um, but some bits still remain, but the old adage of looking, you know, keeping what's helpful um, has meant that, you know, what was helpful and useful in the past as part of me hasn't been as useful that competition all that comparison stuff all that drive was brilliant for that it's it just hasn't been helpful right now and as a i sort of feel like i've i've managed to a certain degree to shed quite a lot of it and it's made life a lot more uh, i guess sort of pleasant in a way so no think about like what i know of you now and how i know you now how would it have been different if it had been i don't know 20 years ago 30 years ago what do you think would have been different um, i think to be honest i've always had the same purpose and i always will have the same purpose i feel i feel like my purpose is going to be my life's work from start to finish but how i related to it back then and how i relate to it now is very different Th- that purpose i feel has almost come through me but it's hit all my you know beliefs and understandings about who i am and how the world works and and when i was a lot younger i was i was massively constructed out of a sort of defense to fear and as that purpose hit that kind of fearful survival structure all that passion about rugby or whatever and and the desire to express myself it kind of it hit that that kind of filter of of beliefs and and conclusions that i've made about life and it came out in a desperation huge need to to achieve to conquer to be adored to be respected to be noticed all of it a massive urgency about it which made me very self-absorbed and very very not really present unless it was those two hours on a weekend or training during the week so if, if we'd have been chatting around that sort of time my mind would be elsewhere and that's and i'd also be quick i'd be a bit a bit short not not never angry never that sort of thing but just i had somewhere to be and if I couldn't train, I couldn't do this. I had, I, I normally would either go to those that I really, really knew incredibly well. And that's where I could maybe relax a bit. Or I'd go home where I could really control my environment and I'd relax there. But I, I wouldn't, the idea about sort of socially getting to know people would almost be like, what's this doing for me? Uh, it's holding me away from, and I feel uncomfortable, not because I feel necessarily, necessarily felt uncomfortable with other people, but I felt uncomfortable that my mind was saying, you've got work to do. You've got corners, you've got, you've got sort of um, stones to turn over. You've got thoughts to go and process and what have you. Whereas now, you know, I, I can, I can sit around and, and talk forever because that's actually the same passion now is that I want to, I want to understand who I really am. I want to understand as much as I can about life. Now that's what was there at the beginning. But hit that filter. Now I think I've let a lot of that filter, that filter, that that sort of defense mechanism go. So it's coming out as a lot more of a proactive exploration rather than a, a sheer sort of need to prove myself. If you know what I mean. It's so strange because that is the opposite experience to the experience I have now when I'm with you. Like <laughs> I, and I, and obviously I know that must have been how life was. But I just can't imagine it. I just can't imagine you not having time to chat or explore something or and now genuinely I would say you're one of the most present people I know for sure like when we're messing around like you know in the park with the kids or whatever or just chatting even even more than I feel like I can be you are 
just then it could be anyone you could be talking I've seen you talk to multiple people all kinds of different people you know you've, you've been at our house to parties and one of Jake's friends I remember Trixie's birthday party his friend Darren chewing your ear off about his amateur <laughs> rugby and, how, and I was just like oh my goodness how can I save Johnny but actually I remember looking at you and you've just been completely absorbed in the conversation and I'm thinking how many times have you heard from people about, I don't know, how they play rugby or, or how you play rugby even? And yet you seemed really absorbed in that conversation and interested in that person. There must have been a lot of kind of evolution from there to now. If, you know. Yeah, I, 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 there, there has been. But when you talk about that sort of thing, I just, I think I was, I was still fascinated back in my younger days, but I was fascinated by a very specific thing. And that fascination, as I said, was kind of, almost corrupted by these understandings about life which was all about the fear massively and as a result there was a fascination but it was it just turned around whereas when you say you you meet people and you speak to them it's there is a fascination just about people now i sort of so much more appreciative i used to i used to be very present after a game when people were around to maybe and they wanted to say hi after a game if i was playing i'd hang around for two three hours whatever it took but there was there was a sense of duty about it there was a sense of still this is taking me somewhere mm -hmm. i'm going to get paid back for this i'm going to feel better for it people are going to respect me more all the same stuff i was mentioning before this is still part of of playing a role and i still i don't get me wrong i love meeting the people and i was genuinely interested and i wanted to just be whatever i could but it was still a role it wasn't authentic or genuine i think the, the you know as 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 much as it could be and i think that's the evolutionary side is i'm 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 always aware of when i'm playing a role and essentially when am i after something for what i'm doing so am i speaking to this person politely because i think it's going to get me something or take me somewhere or am i just genuinely already there within this conversation i think when you find people anyone you meet that's a incredible piece of life right in front of you and I've been in a totally non-malicious, nefarious way in any way, kind of treading on people to get somewhere, always using people for self-fulfillment, as much as it's been as genuine as I possibly could have said, you know, a bit like being humble in a pre-game or post-game interview. You're being humble and modest because you think it's what people are going to like. And that's what makes you feel good. And is that therefore humility or in any way whatsoever? But in the same way, it's like I'm, I'm being polite and nice, but why are you being polite and nice? Because I think, and what I'm maybe hopefully finding out in me is that we already all are polite and nice. But we learn how to be polite and nice because we're not in connection with who we really are, which just longs to, to, to sort of involve themselves with other people at a real depth. And I think those kind of conversations, well, I love speaking yourself you know as we do a lot and and doing the stuff i do on on my podcast i love conversations where you get rid of the roles you're playing you stop saying this is my image versus your image and we're both kind of trying to fulfill each other's fulfill ourselves via each other we're both trying to prove something we're both showing off our insecurities more than anything but it's like clear it let's talk mm. about something you really care about that really means something and in some way you have to almost be almost as spontaneous and um, vulnerable enough to just say exactly what you're feeling truthfully without fear of consequence or whatever it may bring and and i think that's been really powerful that's certainly somewhere i could never have gone 
years ago. Do you think that's partly an age thing as well? Not that I'm saying you're old, but is that mm. part of getting older? Is it kind of gaining that confidence a little bit and worrying less about the other stuff, just, just kind of being yourself? I think there's, and this is all part of that same game, I think, in terms of trying to, or not trying to, but just allowing for the real, genuine, authentic stuff, which is why I kind of speak about that whole, is this actually going to get me somewhere versus just be it now? Like the whole kind of, this was your last moment on life. How would you live it? It's like, well, we're in that space. There's nothing to get. There's nowhere to go. Because it doesn't necessarily, I don't think, in my opinion, it's not about totally about aging because if you get caught in that cycle as i was mentioning before about self-development it can wind you so tight that you become a much smaller version of who you were when you were younger with a much more opinionated resistant and contracted essentially kind of sometimes bitter view and you often talk about my glory days when i was younger and it, life was so good and what have you but actually, like you said, with age, there can also become this unwinding where you kind of expand and you become so much more open. So I don't think it's necessarily age, but I guess there's wisdom there to sort of, I had the good fortune to achieve pretty much everything I wanted to achieve and realize there was nothing there, which then kind of gives you the head start. And, you know, before you get to the deathbed revelation, you get it a bit earlier in life, which is, a, you know, me it was sort of near the, the the 30s where you think there's nothing where I'm looking and that was helpful but at the same time I think when you're younger there seems to be a lot more to play for when mm. you're trying to you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to prove yourself and in age maybe there's a bit of an exhaustion with that you just kind of go what's the point it's so tiring trying to be someone the whole time trying to be that role it's just so tiring and it'd be so much easier if I didn't have a script because if I succeed being someone else, I've got to carry that script around with me everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. I've got to, I've got to remember the lies I was telling that person that made them like me. You're like, I've got to remember the way I covered up that. I've got to instead of actually just being like, well, hold on, get it out early, get ahead of it, and just say, this is who I am. And ultimately, pretty much everything in life I know nothing about. Let's start there, and go. And I think maybe an age that comes a bit where you start realizing that, same as the rugby is that whatever you're looking for, you get it and you realize that it isn't the answer. The answer is kind of, it's here and now, and it's a, it's a very complicated sort of inward journey towards it, but it's one that will look after you for the rest of your life and will, will be enough. It's interesting talking about like when you got there, so everything you were working towards, when you actually get there and you realize it's not there, like there, there is no there. It's the, what are you doing now? I don't know a huge amount about you, what did that feel like when you got to the point where you'd achieve what you wanted to achieve, you'd achieve what you set out to do? And actually, did you? Did you achieve everything you wanted to achieve? Yeah. If if I had my little goal list when I was eight years old, I ticked all those off, probably by the age of about 24. But obviously, along the way, you start to make more. You start to be a bit more picky about, I'd like this to happen and what have you, because it's never enough. And so by the end of my career, I, I sort of I got largely there. There's some things that never quite happened for me for sure and there's a lot of things that definitely didn't um happen for me but the interesting thing is is that i realized several points during that career that that there was nothing there i had my true experience to feedback from to to communicate with that was telling me um very very straight up that it's not there 
but I would still go again just in case because <laughs> I haven't tried this I haven't tried this and the big butt the spiky butt I know I know but 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 and and in a way I think that was part of what I mentioned about that energy coming through was I, I really felt like I had a purpose a specific purpose and it was through that passion of rugby and therefore I had work to do I always had work to do because that passion was still there until it wasn't and maybe that was some part of me staying anchored in the game and what have you but there was just such a better way of doing it so I suffered and you talk about the process of my career is that I went out and I proved myself over many many years I really tried to prove myself and compete and stress to the max and then I had four years in the middle of the career where I was pretty much injured for four entire years so I had everything that broke down uh, mentally physically emotionally everything and then I had a second wind which took place in France but even that didn't go perfectly in terms of when I was playing for the national team but in France it then built up and up and up and it finished in the club equivalent to the international it finished on the highest point you could finish on my final game was was the the second title of the year in a French double that had never been done before and all this kind of stuff and it was amazing and still before that game I was in the changing room almost on the brink of thinking if someone came in now and said look I can guarantee you get the win and you do well okay which means you can sit this out I've I'm like, oh, I may have taken it, even though it was my last ever game. And I knew it was my last ever game. Why? I may have sat it out. Because this is the thing. It's not a one-time thing, this whole kind of realization business. Thinking you're going to get that eureka moment and it's going to just obliterate everything in you and you're just going to be different. It's, it's kind of all these amazing victories, but you meet the same challenges again and again but you meet them just on an upward spiral where you're getting, you're getting better and bigger. You're moving to the next level, but you'll get the challenge again. And that's what I mean about it being a life's work. And it's, it's powerful because you get it now. Maybe you're doing a podcast. Like I said, I'm doing a podcast and you kind of go, okay, you know, this is the thing. And what do you think about this? And you, you start to go, do people like it? What's it going to, you know, what are they thinking? Should I do this? And it's all the same question. But the fact is, is you catch it earlier and then you shift beyond it. And there's always a really powerful message in there. Um, so I, I did manage to have experiences where I was much more kind of like maybe more allowing, but geez, it keeps coming back. And it will keep coming back because in a way, for me, it's my guidance. Because if you suddenly took it away from me, what the heck would I do? You took away my resistance. What would I do? Be like living on holiday. And it's great. <laughs> but then after two weeks on holiday, you're kind of like, I need something. So in a way, it's a beautiful guidance I've got. And it's a powerful relationship I've got as well that I get to have these kind of moments of feeling like transcending it. But then I get my moments of, you know, confronting it. You get your roller coaster ride. But, you know, no one queues up for the roller coaster that just goes flat. You know, they want the ones with the dips and the rises. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's a blessing to have that in my life, especially for the guidance when I've been really, really suffering. The guidance, that's always where the biggest revelations come. So when they go, you think, I'm so glad to not have that anymore. But you also miss it slightly. Mm -hmm. You don't have that, you know, the downward part of the roller coaster really gets you flying up the next one. You go higher than you've been before. But geez, the down can be scary sometimes. And it's often those times where you have to make a decision as well. Like, do I carry on? Do I change something? What am I learning from this? And it sounds like you've got to a place where 
you know that about yourself I mean, to be fair that's probably part of all of our lives but it's a lot of the time we don't notice it particularly if we're trying to achieve something or we just keep going or we just not we just don't have the time to think about it we just never have explored that for whatever reason um so it sounds like you know when you're being tested you know that's got you look at that like guidance so your your perspective on that is that's guiding I'm I'm, I'm going to learn something it's, it's going to be hard or I'm going to learn something did you always have that kind of mindset so when you were younger and facing big challenges or kind of obstacles getting in the way did it feel like you were going to learn something from that process or evolve through that process or did it just feel like a bit of a pain and something getting in your way no for me when I was younger um there was something about taking on the world that was important there was something about that like I said that was that was a part of my karma if you like playing out it needed to be on that stage it was important that I face those challenges and it was important that it be at the highest level. And it was important that I be the kicker who does individual things in the stadium instead of always just being with the team. It's like you will be isolated. It was important that it was important that I set these goals to try and to somehow distinguish myself. So that was kind of a big thing. But the challenge that came with it, I faced it on the basis of pure survival. Even like I mentioned about that last game, you can sit this out and go get the result. You can learn nothing. You can experience nothing and get the result. You can have the outcome. You can have this addition to your image of yourself that will then bolster that in reference to everyone else or whatever it is. And I wanted to stay the same. I've, change was horrible. I felt like any time I, I had a school test that the mark I got wasn't as high as it, it, it should have been. It wasn't perfect or whatever. It was like, this is going to stain me going to absolutely stain my career it's going to stop my my life it's going to stain my my reputation and therefore everything in the future was possibly going to stain me so i had massive anxiety massive regret and over analysis and self-criticism and all those kind of things and i'd have quite happily taken challenge chucked it out the window and just got the stuff but then you know th there came a time in my life with the way i'd constructed myself and some of the constructions that i'd inherited where you just meet a kind of foe that you can't surpass and you end up in a crisis where everything falls apart the anxiety the panic attacks the depression the everything that goes with it because it's that grieving process of saying i want i have to be me but something has to go because it's either i stay as me and i never move again and that's the end or i change which is the end but at least i carry on and that mm. was the big step and that's always been the big step with every crisis um moment but the the two guiding forces are undoubtedly challenge which shows me where i'm resisting where i can allow for more of this message that 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 is my life to come through and the other one is actually just to tune into that message more subtly without the challenge when the challenge isn't there what where's it coming through in inspired impulses and insights and so that's a much that's a very subtle journey you know in terms of becoming much more sensitive to yourself which I wasn't in survival mode. I was black and white. I couldn't mm. give a toss about creativity, compassion, love, you know, connecting to people, nature, all that business, breathing. It was like eyes closed, meditation. I'm surviving here. What good is this? It's just basically the whoever's after me, this dark light is catching up. If I sit and close my eyes, I'm gone. I had to be doing something and moving. And, and now, you know, I'm, if I'm not being challenged and really confronting what the message is and that, then I'm, you know, more subtly trying to become aware essentially of 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 everything that is 
my life and, and, and life in my experience. I think everyone could apply that to their lives. I think often we do kind of slip into survival mode again. It's probably somewhere that we've been before at some point for all of us at one point or another. And, and we're trying to get through that bit. I think, you know, thinking about those challenges and the lessons and what you're learning about yourself in moments where maybe that challenge is gone. Maybe you got through it. Maybe you learned something or maybe you can kind of feel something brewing. Like there's something just not quite going right or you can't put your finger on it or you're, you're, you're finding yourself really tired or really... Mm snappy somewhere or you're not your normal self in in, in some ways I think finding that time to reflect which I know is sometimes easier said than done a lot of it is having space the big one for me in in that respect is is the power of relaxation because when you have your space you kind of automatically go ah when you lie in the bath you go ah it's a relaxation takes place and suddenly there's this okay everything's somehow just a bit okay and as you do that i think that's where everything comes through that you need and there's an opportunity to relax even in your in your challenge and it's it's a kind of powerful thing to find your relaxation but if your conditions around your relaxation become more and more strict it becomes more and more difficult for you to find it so you end up saying well i only relax when i'm on holiday in the algarve you know and you're kind of like yeah but you got to work well i'm only I'm, I'm all right when i'm on my own it's like but you work in an office in a team and you and this is much the same as what happens to me in the rugby. And I think finding that ability to relax within your challenge, but in order to do that, for me, the key is the space to find is between you and yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously in the meditation and in the, um, the letting go and the love, the gratitude, everything there kind of, but especially more than anything in this kind of awareness state when you can be non sort of evaluating uh, you can be non-analytical, non-judgmental, but simply just watch yourself behave. And automatically you then create this distance between you two. You're not in you, you're able to see you. And that for me has always been the playfulness that you can then bring to life because you're able to to look and, and see how things are and, and, and see the humor in the contradictions. The hypocrisy of myself is is humorous. <laughs> the hypocrisy of of what I know to be in my state of awareness versus how I behave and talk about my state of awareness when I'm being me in the problem. You're like, you're just, you're living completely against this thing and you cannot have this playfulness with it that stops you putting blame on everyone else for how you feel. I did hear another guy I, I love to follow, um, his view, a guy called Sadhguru, was talking about, imagine if every you know, month you decided, this month I'm working on this, something I don't like about the way I, that I've seen about the way I behave and you work on it. He said, imagine what would happen to you after three years if you were really aware of something you wanted to change and each month you properly went into it. Imagine the evolution of what you could become. But as you said, in the unknown of not knowing what it is you need to think about, you don't then get to decide who you want to be as much as you wish you could because that would be dangerous because when you decide who you want to be, you're always doing it from a standpoint. There's bias in it, but you have a bit of a say, but then you allow the universe to show you more of who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And you have your co-creative input as well. And you sort of think, geez, this is that, imagine that journey. Just, and we all do January New Year's resolutions, which last about a month. Inc- <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> but imagine if you did a, just a whole year of saying, right, I'm going to watch myself rather than watch everyone else. And rather yeah. than what, what are they thinking? What are they saying about me? And, and did I do okay? And what was that result? But watch yourself. You don't lose your performance. You actually enhance it. 
but then you can also start to say what's helping what's not and yourself becomes a project not something to live and die for and i think for me you know that that's been a a powerful move in terms of talking about resilience is to be like well hold on am i fighting for my past here or i'm actually willing to embrace and live for my future there's two very big sort of splits in that role and one of them just leaves you exactly where you are mm-hmm. and i mean that's a brilliant tip i'm actually going to do that i'm gonna try and work on something every month i mean yeah. the, the list is quite extensive at the moment so i need to think about where i'm going to start this <laughs> make month make it make it a 10-year plan yeah it'll be good. a 10-year plan for me <laughs> but i think it's really important and i think but that is you know i kind of like the fact that that idea is kind of gamifying it a bit as well because mm. not in a not in a like a contrived way but in a well what if like what if I do just think about this thing for a month and what you know what if I don't even just change it what if I just I'm aware of it and I know I yeah. do that so if I know I do that and I'm maybe I will naturally just change some things about that as well and also I think it's quite a gentle way of building self-awareness as well which you know anything to do with psychology anything to do with mindset it all starts with self-awareness because unless we know how we react to things how we see the world how we process information where our biases are you know where our beliefs are we 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 can't alter any of that and we and and actually even you know the most powerful mindset the most amazing way of viewing the world unless we know what we're doing and, and how we're using that it's actually not that helpful because we're kind of just being led by what we've created in our past whereas actually there could be a whole host of other ways of doing things or and it it, it shuts you off from other perspectives as well it shuts you off from other ways of viewing the world or like being curious or testing things as well so I think that self-awareness piece is really 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 important actually it's one of the questions I get asked most as a psychologist how to build self-awareness and it's actually quite hard but a lot of it is having time to reflect thinking through sometimes getting advice from other people as well so you know there might be someone you're close to that notices something that you do a lot or you know what could you know I'll, I'll very often ask people what can I do even better so whether it's that situation particular situation or just in general um and I, I kind of like the feeling of never being there like never being the finished product and I, I hope right at the end of my life I hope I'm still not there I hope I'm still learning yeah, I think the to arrive at some sort of destination in the game of life is ultimately there's only one destination, and that's in the physical space, the material space, that's death. So that's why it's what it feels like to get there. What it felt like for me, it felt like emptiness, like I was a zombie, you know, that was like there, but what there was nothing for me. Um, that's what it felt like. And you mentioned about the the, or the the ongoing nature of everything is essentially the key to it is that you never I heard another person I, I really enjoy sort of looking at who focuses very very much on the law of attraction which is you're never going to get it done so you can never get it wrong it's really really powerful to think that whatever you're stressing about it's not going to save you there is no place where you're going to be safe there's no end of challenge and so the best thing to do is to find a relationship for me anyway with challenge where you start to as you say get curious with challenge and that curiosity is a movement towards life because life is not going to end whether it be this planet or other planets, it just won't end. So when we, and I, I'd sort of, when I was in my quantum physics period, mm-hmm. understanding that the, the base building blocks of everything that, that we are, science looks at and finds there's just nothing there. And then they look to the boundaries of the universe and they find that it's infinite and expanding. So we have a, a universe that has no boundaries 
it's infinite and building blocks of nothing and yet within that understanding we have created this understanding that we are finite it can't be you cannot have something finite within something that's infinite it cannot be and it's such a beautiful thing to then just take your measure from life and go right i'm going to be more like the life around me what's it doing ultimately it's just being okay we'll start there is it you know is it trying to do something for the future no it's just understands that there is only now okay well those two things always bring into alignment but I, I have to admit the biggest thing for me at the moment is what you said about beliefs is that beliefs ultimately are for me anyway that they're always to get something and if you're that you mentioned about the awareness i feel that that has to be triggered somehow to take you out of that get something mentality and that's why kind of acceptance and the meditative space and all those kind of things that they are their movements towards awareness because they just don't serve the self to fully accept something kills the self because the self is after something the self is made of beliefs and beliefs are saying if i do this i'll be happier if i do this i'll get this and if i do this i'll get this and i'll be fulfilled acceptance takes you away from the self into a different space it's so hard to fully just totally accept a situation for the way it is accept this moment for how it is now but in doing so, just something that triggers that. And for me, it was this thing about realizing that I was coming towards the end of a career and realizing that I, with all everything I'd been after, it hadn't been worth it. And suddenly I fast forwarded to that deathbed and went, oh my God, it's now or never. I can't keep saying I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And suddenly that awareness became an option. But you know, even still, you go days and you think, oh my God, I've, I've dropped out. I'm in the cycle. I'm in the machine. I'm in the system again. But to have that reminder of what's important, yeah, whether it's time with, as you say, families, where you just realize you're not going to get this time again. Mm. This is it. It's here and now. And it's like, yeah, but you can't try and be in the moment either because it's the epitome of not being in the moment. Yeah. Just more stress. So you've got to come to the awareness perspective, which is just to allow, to accept and allow and let go. And, and it, the biggest other part of it for me is that people think that's somehow weak or it's giving up. Try it. Just it's try the, it. It's the hardest. It's the, it's hardest, the hardest thing. But it's also the most powerful. There's yeah. nothing giving up about accepting something. 100% not, not. Yeah, and you're not accepting the future. You're not saying someone says, oh, yeah, this is this meeting we're going into now is going to be rubbish. You don't accept the meeting is going to be rubbish. You just accept that right now I feel like the meeting is going to be rubbish. Mm -hmm. 100%. That's it. And then suddenly you're kind of like, okay, well, what can I do with this? Well, there's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. There's no one to become. Oh, I'm relaxing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm finding actually, oh, this meeting's not bad at all. It's awesome. This moment's brilliant. Just the same as whether it's, yeah, with this person or kicking a ball or, Doing whatever so i i think you know within what you just said there's so many big points but to not trigger that awareness to not find that thing which is more important than who you think you are and where you think you're going i think for me it's been a privilege to at least have a bit of a glimpse of it and i think that acceptance piece as well so like in my world so my research world resilience it's challenging in that there's a bit of a toxic side to visit or there can be a toxic side whereby Sometimes when we push really hard to get something or we push through a challenge or we, we, you know, we just keep trying, we're trying to achieve something, we're trying to get to the end goal or get through something. Because if you're getting through something, there's an end there because you know when you're through it. So sometimes when we push too hard, we lose that acceptance because what we really need to do in that moment is accept this is really hard. This is a real challenge. You know, I don't know the answers to this. I don't know what the outcome is to this. Um, and actually even sometimes having a bit of a breakdown can be can really help you to build your resilience but we there's this kind of 
toxic idea is kind of pushing through which is grit that's not resilience that's grit so passion perseverance keep going that's grit and it's something very different and sometimes that can be part of your resilience strategy if you have one your resilience toolkit but it's, it should definitely not be the only thing and I spend so much time talking about I think when people think I'm going to be, when I'm talking about resilience I think people think I'm going to be talking about grit pushing through what do you need to do to keep achieving stuff and sometimes I do talk a little bit about that but mostly what I talk about are things like acceptance accepting when things aren't going to plan accepting when you made a mistake and it's so painful because it mm. hurts your ego to know that perhaps you've messed up somewhere or you hurt someone or you've hurt yourself um so it's kind of that more I guess I was going to say the more gentle side of resilience but it's not gentle at all it's 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 I guess being able to do both and and knowing what you need in different situations and not over relying on one or the other because again because if we you know if we if we want to achieve stuff you know you talk a lot about performance if you do want to get better at something you do want to achieve something then sometimes you are going to have to push hard and, and, and keep going when it's painful. But equally, you have to know when to stop. You have to know when to accept something. You have to know when to change direction. And that's really hard. And again, it all comes down to that self-awareness part, which I know, I know it's hard. Like I, I live it and breathe it. I know it's hard. I find it hard, like even knowing this stuff. But it is finding ways that you can do that and, and build those moments of reflection or thinking is what I call it uh, into your life and, and, and space and, and, and finding ways to learn as well and keep evolving. I, th I think the, the grit side of it is physical. Mm. It's, it's survival. So you can understand grit's really powerful if you're in a fight for food and shelter and water. If you're in a, a fight full stop, you need grit. It's survival. Grit's survival. But even those, when you are in those survival states, you still need clarity. Mm. And so it's separating the understanding that the body, it might feel like work and it might feel tough. And I, again, I'm, I'm taking someone's quote here. I wish this was mine, but I don't have this kind of intelligence. But, but his point was, and it's back to Sadhguru, who's a, a sort of enlightened yogi. And his point was that pain for the body is nothing. But when the mind gets involved, it becomes suffering. And there's, so pain for the body is nothing, but suffering can last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so the simple thing is to, as you said, find that space to realize it's just the body. It's a bit like when we were before games, big nervous sort of like tingles in the stomach and everything. And do you know what? You walk around with that. So what? I mean, literally, so what? It's a slightly different um, sensation in your body. But when your mind goes in there and starts going, what if this happens? What if this happens? Now that wrecks you. But, the, but that feeling on its own is nothing. But suddenly when the mind's in there and now that mindset starts talking about grit, I've got to get through it. It's tough, but it's not tough. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling in your body separating the mental side from it. Definitely. But then in order to have some control, some sort of, I don't know, sort of power to engage with the mental side, you need to step to the emotional side, the feeling to be sensitive to your feeling. Like I said before, just be able to sit there and be aware of that feeling. And all of these things for me are triggered by how you see yourself. If I see myself a certain way, that will automatically dictate how I see the world, which then automatically detects what I feel about it, mm -hmm. which then inspires what I think about it, which then makes me behave a certain way, which creates what I was always going to create as soon as I decided this is who I am. So that ability to go into yourself completely changes your world, mm -hmm. I think. And, and what we think, though, is we work on the physical level completely. And if we try and work on the physical, we go, well, we better do the mental level. But you do it from the physical to the mental. It doesn't last. It never does. But to go to the beginning and sort of go, right, I'm interested in me. 
suddenly the decisions you make, small decisions you make within you, just start transforming the way you feel. It's, transform, it's transforming the kind of thoughts that come up in you. Mm. You see a different world completely, but I think we're trying to do it from the physical backwards, and we never actually leave the physical. Because as you said, the physical mindset just says, it's hard, but I've got to push through. And, the, and all that, like you said, the mental stuff is, you've got to want it. But actually, for me, the, the key power is, who do I need to be? What do I need to be in order to feel the way I want to feel and have the kind of inspiring thoughts coming to me to do what I need to do the most beautifully, gracefully, grace, most gracefully, effortlessly flowing way to create the kind of world I want. But all it means is ultimately from the beginning, you've got to be what it is you want. So like you were saying before about the resilience is you have this troubled mindset and you fight for it. But the mindset is what's creating your future. Mm -hmm. You're asking for the same stuff. Whereas when you go into that who I am and you start to construct that according to the life you want to live, it's almost as instantaneous as that. But we're so, I am, and is also limited by that understanding that but that's going to take time. Mm -hmm. So we make tiny shifts. But it, all it takes is to go and see someone who's had their life rocked, had their beliefs shattered, and they've had no choice but to go from this person to this person. And they'll tell you how much your life can change in one moment. And for me, trying to embrace vulnerability enough to let that go, to be at ease with whatever feeling is in there and still start working on feeling the way you want your future to be rather than feeling the way your past has been mm -hmm. and thinking that that's going to create, you know, feeling the lovelessness, thinking that's going to create love, feeling the lack and that's going to create wealth, mm -hmm. feeling, you know, it's like, it's madness. If you want to, whatever you want to create, you've got to be it. Yeah. And that Easy. there is, but that's, that's the resilience though. The resilience is, is that am I, Am I going to create my future or am I going to fight for my past? Well, it's like if you had the best past and you love it beautifully, you're going to create an awesome, awesome future. But most mm -hmm. of us don't hang around in the past because it was awesome. And maybe we try, but we're, that's because we're too sort of, we're sort of feeling dodgy and we're sort of like, oh, well, yeah, at least those days were good. But you never step out of it. But what does it take to feel so awesome and so grateful and so in love with life, even when your surroundings don't look like how you want them to? And that's resilience. Mm -hmm. that's the journey of performance for me anyway that's what it all is and like you said the space the time the playfulness the way the people that sur you surround yourself with who inspire you to let go and and explore and be curious and not blame you know because you can get in the other group of people who are going oh that bloke over there oh my god you know can you imagine oh if she was in charge oh it's easy to go down that route mm -hmm. but to be the one that's walking around sort of like actually feeling so grateful for just being alive and how great this moment is is already working on your future I think, yeah. but you know, like I say this, I really like to pound this out. And yeah, I know I've been walking around today being like, well, you're not living it, are you? Really? I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> Cause I always feel like when I talk to you, I'm like, oh, if I could just be a bit more Johnny, just a little bit more Johnny. Maybe but I'm aware, I'm, I'm aware of when I'm not doing it. I'm just not quite always there to be able to start doing it. But that's, that's the part thing. of the fun of it as well. Like of that course is. It is. That's where the growth is. Yeah. If you could, if you could do it in one moment to go, I'm feeling rubbish. Hold on. I'm feeling great. But going from feeling rubbish and feeling great within yourself, not not requiring the external to to sort of fit your conditions is the journey of self-worth and value. Mm -hmm. The only way you can do that is to suddenly come to a point of being like, I deserve, I belong, I'm worthy, I am everything, which is why it's the only journey there is. Because in that space, you automatically start when you feel so worthy, you see life for everything, all the beauty it is. 
you feel so amazing and you can't help but thinking and visualizing exactly what you want to happen and not what it is you don't want to happen. And then your behavior just looks after itself. You seem to know the right things to do. You do, you know, you make gestures to people and it's just the right thing. And suddenly your world just starts falling into place. Mm-hmm. But then we all feel kind of worthy in small areas, but I think unworthy in so many big ones. But that's that's the life's work, you know, f- meeting your own needs in, in you know, wherever you feel like you don't deserve or belong or or, or have um, your own value. And it's like no one's saying this is easy. You know, it's not. But then I don't think it's supposed to be. I think I genuinely believe like part of the journey and part of the joy of it all of figuring this stuff out or yeah, understanding absolutely. more about ourselves is the learning tell me a little bit about your podcast because we talk a lot about your podcast so normally I come to you with a list of questions when you've interviewed someone really interesting and then I say can you see bring free on this and what does this bit mean and then you're going to detail and, and and piece all the parts together for me which I'm sure most people don't need um when they're listening to it but we kind of delve into those conversations fairly often. I yeah. sometimes feel a bit sorry for you. You're like, I've just, no. not if I've done the interview. You're lucky. Now I'm You're lucky you it's my note. passion. You're lucky it's my passion. I've got plenty left over. Yeah, it's all good. You're like, yes, just um, ask the question. <laughs> exactly. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, the, the, uh, the podcast is called I Am, basically essentially looking at what it is under those beliefs. Because what comes next after I Am is an identification. It's a belief structure. I Am, I'm a good person. Well, there's two things there. There's good and there's person. You know, like we're already rough and running. And you think, yeah, but just give me one. I'm a good person. It's like, but that's got, I mean, that's, it's not even on the same dimension as just I am exploring that. And that's a lot of this stuff we're talking about. But ultimately, it's, it's, it's evidencing and exploring, proposing and enjoying a, as you've been talking, a, maybe it comes across as a softer, more gentle look towards far more inspiring performance relationships um leadership if you will but definitely health well-being and ultimately life experience um and maybe it's come from it's also about triggering that awareness or or trying to trigger that awareness or, or doing whatever is possible but then also trying to gather momentum for people that are feeling like yeah that's become interesting there's intrigue about this i am part of me so it's like well let's feed that it's stuff you can you can grab and as, as you know you've been ably sort of very ably pointing out through this there's stuff there that you can grab hold of there is exercises in it there's straightforward kind of practices but there's inspiring things and there's a a a kind of relationship with the people on it because they're not superhuman i've been listening to the start of the podcast and i think obviously because i knew it was coming as well so i'd be kind of waiting and as i said taking my notes and getting my questions Mm, ready grilling you most weeks yeah (laughs) But I just, I like the exploration. I like, you know, I don't understand it all. I don't, but I'm, but then I also, you know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I'm a bit of a, I spent, you know, the first part of my career really fighting. So I feel like I've really fought to do what I've done career-wise, which is again, slightly odd in that I look at it now and I'm like, what for? I mean, yeah, there are things that have come of that that have been great. Um, there's lots of stuff that hasn't been great. Um, there's lots of times where, I've kind of achieved something along the way and just felt so empty like when I get there it, it's it's almost worse than never achieving the thing because it feels so bad when I actually get there so mm. I don't so I don't I don't really get that as much now because I don't hold a lot of stock in the thing that I'm trying to achieve or the thing that I'm trying to do I'm not even thinking about things like that now I'm just doing the things that I, that I enjoy or that you know the things that I can do because I can't do it like there's some stuff I can do there's some stuff I can't do um 
but it's really it's it has been really interesting listening to your podcast because there's lots of things that have definitely got me thinking in other ways which you know that's my work my work is if I know how I view the world is how I experience the world then the thing that I want to do is get as many views different views of the world shock that view a bit yeah I want to shock it I want to be like do I agree with that and I'll be like absolutely not this thing over here I do not believe that but do believe that and but also you know appreciate that come to appreciate different points of view or different ways of doing things which I think is really you know it, it's it feels really important for me um but it is really it has been really interesting listening to your podcast and also kind of seeing your evolution with that as well because I can see you know differences in the type of questions you're asking and how that's evolved as well it seems like from an outsider's perspective and it probably doesn't feel like this to you but from an outsider's perspective it felt like quite quite a brave move when you first launched the podcast because you were not known as someone to be exploring you know beliefs who you are that's not what the rest of the world has known you for I guess did it feel like a brave move did it just feel like the move that you were going to do I think I think in a way it's just what you were saying then about looking back and thinking well what for what you know what was I doing that for but when you put yourself back in those shoes you're expressing something and to some well to an enormous degree I wonder what else could you have done you go back into that those shoes with that mindset with that understanding of you said of the world and myself then you know you do it you don't do anything else and i'm sure in 10 years time both of us will be looking back going, what for what are we doing that for and then you know when you kind of maybe get past death's door you look back and be like oh what was all that for do you know what i mean like but then you're like oh i get what it's for it's just express what's authentic and i i can't do any different maybe it would life might be quite simple for me now if i could go out there and just talk through rugby the way i used to see it People would, you know, might buy into that, the intense kind of do or die thing. I probably would still be playing, to be fair. I'd still be playing, talking about it. I'll go in there and tell the story. I could talk through that drop goal, you know, in different details and all this. And it would be simple, but I have to stay true to my passion because my passion and my purpose, when I've gotten out the way of them a bit more, are actually telling me this is my role here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And the what for is it's what I'm supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be playing rugby. And actually, I was supposed to be playing rugby the way I played it, despite the way I suffered it. I didn't, maybe I didn't have to suffer it. Who knows? But I, and maybe that was, who knows why I was supposed to do that? It's not my, it's not my kind of lane. But I know through my passion that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Talking to you about this is the same as being out in the field as I used to be. I still love training in the gym. I still love, I absolutely adore shooting basketballs and kicking balls around. And I coach in that area. And it's still a huge part of my but the main thing is this and it's and it's because it's what i'm supposed to be doing because when i when i watch myself enough as jordan peterson said when i watch myself it's all i get drawn to everything i do is this mm-hmm. and i know that it's what i'm supposed to be doing that's not mine to say oh well it's not gonna you know it's not maybe some people are gonna not respect me the way they did when you were you know that age and kicking balls and trying to lift trophies you're sort of like but maybe that's part of my challenge to understand. I have to get out the way of this calling and find out what it wants for me. And I know that my passion still touches enough that I speak through it a lot about sport. So many of the stories are still about sport because that's a huge part of it. So I'm still, there's still different parts of me in there, but this is coming out differently. And what else is there to an amazing life than to you know, follow your highest excitement best you can? And when you've got the privilege that I have is to maybe have a bit more flexibility in my work schedule for the moment, I'm going to take it and just see if I can connect with as many people as possible and use what I've been through um, as a way of kind of at least having more empathy. You know, I'm glad I wasn't just a, I turned up, I killed it 
I smashed it, I nailed it, and now I finished. I'm like, no, I, I didn't. You know, I had a had a funny time, and and I love, yeah, definitely, definitely love connecting with people over those moments, the fears, the unknowns, the challenge, but then over over the possibilities as well of transformation. So I've got no other choice. What else am I going to do? Because if I go out and try and do the other thing, it's going to be a death of a thousand cuts. Um, if I do this thing, I'm like, it's just living, really, really living. It's so interesting. I feel like that starting this podcast I feel like I've got no choice and there's a big part of me like a massive great big part of me that really doesn't want to do it because I'm like what if it goes really well I don't know if I you know yeah. I don't know what that entails and I'm like what if it really doesn't go well I don't know what that entails yeah. either so yeah. I'm, like I've been living in this world which is why it's taken me so long to book this in and actually a bit of a I guess story on that front is that it wasn't even me that booked it Jake my husband had to do mm. it because I procrastinated so much I mean we were now in <laughs> April we talked about this in December um because I just can't force myself to do it I'm just yeah. such a scaredy cat in life but equally I know I have to because you know I've had conversations with Jake he's like well don't do it then and there's been so many times even even though I've recorded some already I'm like nobody knows it's like no one's ever gonna know if they don't come out no one knows like I, I could just slink away right now and like yeah. scuttle off somewhere and you know I like a quiet life I you know I like being outside I like having time with the kids and I like I'm like that's actually quite a nice life in lots of ways you know it's quiet um I'm not like no one really knows what I'm doing and I can live a life but I I, I just know that I'm supposed you have your to be doing this yeah, you have I do, your and I can't and I really yeah. have tried to fight it I know that sounds very melodramatic because let's be honest there are people with far absolutely like yeah, more important callings than this for sure um and, and and you know much bigger challenges in life they're facing for sure um and but also I think, I'm I think it's much bigger challenges but but, but I think I think that's the it's the when you maybe aren't facing survival challenges like so many it's the way of respecting that is to obviously support in as much way as you can to serve mm. but also to follow your highest excitement and your passion you used to have this for kind of you know, players when they were injured and could no longer play the game you'd be like well how do you how do you show your respect to those guys where well, you go out there and you follow your highest excitement you live your life to the full you do whatever it is you feel you find out everything you can about whatever it is i think that's really i think that's really really a, a powerful thing but i think you may be talking about the podcast thing as well for me is the voice i that i have to keep looking out for is the old one that's still trying to say like you just said you know is what's the condition of it what am i going to get for doing this podcast mm. and i think the thing i'm finding with that is is that because of some of the episodes we had when i'm asking questions and i'm thinking jesus is going out there now if i was after something like you said there's better ways of doing this i'm sure but i'm looking at it just thinking this is so powerful and i don't care if it's got me in it you know often i listen to my voice i'm kind of like we could we dub my voice with someone else's does my name need to be on the front of this thing at all but at the same time it's the look at me part which gets in the way of everything you know there's the survival element which is if it's the necessary that's huge and fair play but then it's this look at me part if that's in there then it's at the back of it so i love having these guests on and i've said some things to these guests where i'm sort of one of the guests was just so there and he was talking about how the material world we, we were discussing and he was telling me about his his basic whole life's work has been about revealing the material world to be an experience not actually a thing so it's amazing you can think this so what he's basically saying to i'm going to reveal this because i'm just going to show you a pure example of what i'm talking about but he's saying that we all have individual minds but we live inside a collective mind and the collective mind is you know this kind of essentially it's the universal mind of which we are contracted minds experiencing it now you sort of think wow 
But then you look at science has tried to measure the material world and it can't. What it finds out is that it's, it's of the same thing that we are. And this guy has done impeccable work, but he's a programmer. He lives an incredibly also normal life, but the way he talks about his own experience and how it comes through, it's fascinating. And it has everything in there when you think about performance. And it's like, this is mind blowing. It's because then it reveals when you think, well, when I've been in the zone on the sporting field, this is what I feel. Oh, you know, everything. And then I go and make a comment and say, right, so you're saying this and this and this. And he has to stop me and go, I'm sorry about that, but that's not at all what I've said. And I'm there on the podcast going, should we edit this bit? Should we edit this? But then you're thinking, no, leave it in there. Leave me there going, yeah, well, no, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. What I meant was this, you know, trying to like save it. But it's, I love that. I love being slightly humiliated by guests who know their stuff. And I need to, you know, just wind it in when I get a little bit kind of like, well, you know, look at me. I've also read this. I just, you know, and just properly just listen and let them go. Because people in their field, you know, maybe when I was in my field, people might say, oh, they could watch me kick a ball. Geez, I can listen to these people talk about their stuff. It's fascinating. I don't mind being there. Like I said, I don't need to be the, I'd rather their name was just the only name. Yeah, I feel exactly the same. I, I'm like, how can people not look at me? That's my, that would be my dream. I'm like, how can I do this? But I don't have to actually, like I'm happy to do it. And I love the learning bit of it. And I love the, you know, my job really is to, in general, not just the podcast, but my job really is to take what we know in terms of psychology, like research, theories, and make it really simple and break it down. Like what are three things you can do or one thing? And actually, ultimately, everything I've worked on over the last kind of two decades is what does that actually mean? So what does it mean? Like, what does that, you know, if you read a research paper, what does that research paper actually mean? What do those results tell us? So like, I very practical, what does it mean? But then also the next level, well, what does that mean for me or for someone else or for, you know, us as people, like the meaning part as well behind what yeah. it means. Um, and that's really my job. And I, you know, if there, if there was a way that I could do that without me having to show that I'm doing that, I would take that every day. Like yeah. that would be amazing. But th- but there isn't. And you know, that's that's something that I've got to kind of come to terms with as well. Like that's part of my journey as well. And I have to, you know, there's there's I have to challenge yeah, my definitely. beliefs about that. Like why why do I feel like that? I have to challenge that I have to find ways to overcome it or not, which I've tried to do, which is why I've tried to avoid doing not seeing it. But then there's that that kind of thing there that's saying, well, yeah. you can avoid it, but it's gonna keep coming back. So you may as well do that- it. I think that's the point. I think passion and, and purpose is supposed to push you into areas of challenge so that you can remove what's resisting and clear a bigger space for that passion and purpose to come out. I think it's a self-fulfilling thing. I think passion and purpose says, I'm coming out and you're going to have to let me out and you're not going to let me out unless you face this. So let's go face it. So, you know, I, I really, I'm so scared of failure and, and I'm, I need to be perfect. I'll tell you where you need to do What do you need to do? Go and play elite rugby, okay, and be watched by millions and be the kicker. Yeah, but that sounds horrible. Go and do it. And you're kind of like, oh, gosh, why am I here? If you had my personality, you looked at it, you'd be like, don't go and do that. What are you doing? I'm doing it. But why? Because I don't feel I can't. I have to go there. And maybe, like you said, same thing on this. You're kind of like, okay, everything I'm facing is saying, okay, well, what's your choice? Turn away and go backwards. But if you keep doing that at every challenge, when you get to the end of your life, you measure your GPS and you'll finish where you started, but you've covered a lot of space, but just finished here. But, you know, why not just see what's on the other side of this by hanging in there and, and letting something go? People are getting an insight now into our conversations. Yeah, this oh, yeah, is basically yeah. what happens. And then, you know, after, I don't yeah. know, an hour, two hours, whatever, we're like, we really need to go and do something. Like, where are the kids? <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. 
I'm more like you. I yeah. just carry on going. You're like, no, no, really. <laughs> I have to go and do some playing. I, I have a father. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Where are my children too? Okay. Um, but I just get so caught up. Like, I, I, I just get, you know, and that's all part of this, isn't it? Um, so there's two things I'd like to ask you. I'm very conscious of time as well. Mm. The first one is, you've probably answered this a million times, so apologies, but, you know, I have asked you very few rugby questions in my life. I mean, the last time we were together, I think I asked you, does, does different pitches feel different or the different experience or something? And you were like, yeah, actually. And I was like, oh, God, I'm literally asking. And also, I had to have a um, debrief with Jake, my husband, today about what a drum and a ruck is. Bear in mind, okay. I have actually watched yeah. rugby in my life. I just don't know. I, su- I suggest we don't do that one now. Yeah, let's not do that now. Any, no, and then he brought a maul into it as well. Yeah, and I was gosh, like, oh, gosh. this is like. He sounds um, like he knows it well enough. Yeah. Just listen to him. Yeah. Anyway, I wasn't really listening to be honest. So I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so my question is, what did it feel? Do you remember what it felt like when you won that World Cup, like at that yeah. exact moment? What yeah, did it feel like? I do. Um, so when I kicked the ball over, it was, as I've said throughout, this my biggest teacher has always been me on the field at my most engaged so if i wanted a good teacher for a life's guidance i'd ask that me and do you know what that me would have nothing to say because it'd be too busy doing what it was doing too engaged too involved it wouldn't tell me anything it wouldn't be what are you thinking about just i'm just picturing exactly what's going to happen what about yourself how are you feeling about you i'm perfect as i am okay and you know is everything going to be okay everything's always okay that whole that was just what it felt like to be in that zone for those not the whole game but brief moments and in that one moment there i could like jordan peterson was saying i i watched the ball drop from my hand i watched my leg kick it but i wasn't doing it i wasn't i wasn't i could i had sensations but there was this enormous distance because i'm not sure if i hadn't had that distance i'm not sure i would have been able to do it because for a perfectionist as we said why are you here doing this with your mindset with your personality this is hell for you and that moment would have been hell for me but i completely was out the way of it and it just happened and i watched it happen and it, and it's clear on the video that i just suddenly started to do a half celebration once i've come back in and seen it's gone through so i kind of go oh gosh it's gone over and then they kick the ball off we catch it a teammate of mine a guy called mike cat kicks the ball off the field and i see the ref go for his whistle in his pocket and i know that's the final whistle because we're way past time and if i could freeze it there i'd go that's it that's the moment where i would bottle it and say that for me is a beautiful kind of relationship with life you're so sure of what's about to come but you haven't got it yet it's the unfinished but because you have the absolute worth and feeling although from the external out this time external in because you're kind of like it's going to happen no one can stop me i'm so deserving and yet it hasn't happened yet god uh, just and then he does blow the whistle and there's jumping about and it's euphoria but the euphoria doesn't match that bottle moment and with each lap of the field interview coach trip celebration um bus trip around london visit to the queen all these amazing things you're moving further and further and further away and your big moment is becoming the top of the hill but you're sort of trundling down the other side moving further and further and further away from your engagement because somehow your memory your mind has picked that memory and said that was awesome and in comparison how's this now terrible and there's the emptiness you're looking now thinking wake up in the morning and going the bloody hotel room what's this and then you say oh it's okay we've got the 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 dinner coming but it's like but what's this compared to that and that's the i've spoken about this before and that you're wearing that rugby shirt still and you're walking around doing everything in a rugby shirt that no longer works doesn't fit you're not on a rugby pitch you're not playing but your identity has become so enmeshed 
sort of enmeshed in you that you can't take that shirt off. You're a rugby player now trying to fit into everyday life. The only place you can fit in is on a rugby field. And so all I did for that time was just try to get to the next game. And you mentioned about your challenges. I tried to get to my next game. I was losing all kinds of my, I don't know, I was just, I was getting so, so lost and things were starting to come up. And I was just like, I, I couldn't stand the idea about doing these tours because it felt like I was celebrating me and I didn't feel right with that at all. I just wanted to get to the next game. And two weeks later, I played my first game after the World Cup and it was for my club team up in Newcastle. I fractured my neck and I was, that was it. For four years, 14 different injuries in a row, I barely played. Wow. And that was the ultimate learning. I had this incredible peak moment and I was forced to sit with it for four years. And, every, and all I could do, every injury, just like I did after the World Cup, was say, I have to get back on the field. With each injury, my brother can, can sort of, uh, you know, give you the details of this but i had the neck operation i'd lost a nerve in my arm it wasn't working for two months it's kind of they said i hope it comes back I had a neck operation the day after i was in a um i was on a bike in a neck brace just pedaling away and my uh, in a gym and you know a private gym my brother walked in and was like what the hell are you doing i was already thinking i have to get back i have to get back i have to get back i did that for four years and hence because i did that i had 14 more injuries from punctured kidneys to I had five different knee ruptures. I had ankles. I had both shoulders operated on. I had everything. But because I wouldn't take the lesson, as you said, you know, I needed my time, but I could not relax. This purpose in me was saying, you know, it's unfinished work, but I wouldn't step out of the way of it. So in a way, you know, kind of it felt amazing. It was a euphoria, but it, it was nothing compared to the moment when I kicked it. It had nothing to do with me kicking it. It was the experience of being there fully, but not being there. It was like realization, absolute realization, almost having your hand on the controls of life for such a brief moment and then being ripped away and then having no understanding of how to get back there. And the understanding I did take was I've just got to get back on the field. And that's what cost me not getting back on the field probably for four years and changed the shape of things as well. Wow. I mean, what an experience. And can you, that feeling, can you get that anywhere else? Or is that like a moment in time? No, no, definitely. I get it. I get it now. Often when I'm communicating with people like this, um, I speak to lots of different people still in sport often um, who are playing at the moment and just just talking through these kind of things. And I'll sometimes be speaking and I'll get a shiver down my spine. You know, just it's an awareness that something has just happened. And I'll always I tend to check in with people and I say, I'm like, you know, I, you know, is that important what we've just spoken about? Because I, I don't know why, but something's just kind of come to me and there's the it always seems to be a big moment between i find you know the the shiver i get or the the moment now is is in communicating with other people beyond the facade as we mentioned at the very start of the cause that when i say the facade i don't mean image i mean everything i spoke to a, a 15 year old footballer a while back and within 10 minutes of the call i'd lost all concept of him being 15 or a footballer or a boy or, or a man or a young lad or whatever you want to call him it all gone. It just felt like there was an information exchange. Two sort of energies just exchanging what needed to be exchanged. Like a almost like a kind of setup. Be like like these this needs to happen. And like you said, the words are coming out from him to me, me to him, back and back and back. And all the time I feel like I'm kind of just just there thinking, This is incredible. This is absolute sort of guidance. I understand why why I'm there. So I get it following passion. Mm. It, it, you know, my passion is no longer that rugby competitive stuff. So when I go and coach someone, I, I always go there and I'm like, oh, okay, and we start. And if they're on their own, I'll be like, let's kick some balls together. And after a while, I'm like, Look, I'll come and stand by you and you can kick them. And we'll do it that way. Because it's just not my thing anymore. 
I thought I, sometimes I go there and it's my thing briefly and I'm like, oh, I love it and I smash it. But I'm just like, it's not my thing anymore. But I can sure as hell bite their ear off. <laughs> I can chew their ear off when it comes to a chat. But but kicking balls, I'm sort of like, yeah, that's great. And I'll do it. And I practice still. I go and kick them myself for an hour or so, a couple of hours. I, I still love it. But when I'm there, I just, I'm like, what am I doing? I've got nothing to prove to you. But I know what you want. And I know that I think we can work on it. But me kicking back to you is like I've got nothing left in that, you know. So that that's that's for me, and I just don't. I'm not bothered. I'm more of like let's let's get to this. So I feel it's in the guidance and of the passion and and following your your sort of excitement as opposed to your duty and your old habits. I think that I find at the moment, but it's still rare. But if it was all the time again, like you said, it'd be boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe that's a tip. You know, like but you know, people think about how can they apply some of this in their lives. Maybe it is following that excitement or passion or whatever you want to call it, like whatever it is for you, but just following those those moments and yeah. letting go of letting go of expectation of outcome. Yeah. So that's let go of what it needs to look like. So follow the excitement but leave the outcome. So so the excitement comes with an insist with with a, a maybe a dream or a vision about it, but leave the insistence upon the vision but just follow the excitement anyway. And I think that's what tends to be. So those conversations you go into and you sort of go, I don't know how this is going to go. Oh, well, let's give it a go. Mm-hmm. It's so much better than I've got a job to do. The, uh, this young lad, I need to let him know about this stuff. And and then you're suddenly like, oh, why does this conversation feel so awkward? Mm-hmm. Because when you go there and just go, oh, yeah, well, I know what my intention is, but let's just see how this pans out, I think is, you know, allows for those moments a bit more. So final question, and I know it's something that you've asked people as well. I heard in your last podcast, you actually mm. asked something similar to this. I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe I should yeah, ask I'll you. I'm still going to anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to keep adding that in. Um, <laughs> if you could go back in time, so any moment in time, any point in your life and tell yourself something, what would you say? I couldn't, just couldn't, couldn't say anything because it would still be somehow a kind of understanding that I would know better than the universe for me to go back and say hey essentially to interfere with what is mm. would corrupt everything as it was meant to be it's almost like as you mentioned about the challenge and the, the the suffering to relieve people of suffering is important but to relieve it too much is to take away so much and, and yeah mm-hmm. and it's maybe to do more damage and i think my, i'd be drawn towards saying you know in that four-year period just chill out take six months go traveling you know, you're not going to come back from this injury for 11 months. You know that. Why are you training from nine to five, two weeks after the operation? Learn how to relax, recover, respect your body, respect the beautiful intelligence you are. Stop caring that what people think and stop feeling like this is going to make you a better person or save you in some way. But actually, you're kind of like a bit Michael J. Fox-ish. You know, you do that back to the future. Suddenly, you're photographed. You're like, oh, gosh, you know, so much is disappearing. I just, I couldn't go back and say a thing. I just generally, I think I so much so that I very, very rarely look back. And if I do, it's tending just to be because it's fun and exciting to look back, if you know what I mean. Otherwise, I, I don't quite see it. But it's, it's a really good question because I, if you'd have asked me several years ago, I'd be like, I know exactly what I'll do. I'll go there and say, don't do that. I'll go there and say, look, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. But I'd have laughed myself out the room as a 20 year old. The same way I probably laughed a few people out the room who came in and said, meditation. They probably did say those things, but you probably didn't, you weren't there, you weren't hearing it. Oh, I tell you, if people did say that, and if I'd have said it to myself, I'd have got short shrift, followed by some good old sort of behind the back insults as I'm leaving the room. You know, that's kind of, unfortunately, the way it was. You think you know everything, you think this, but also you're only ready for what you're ready for. 
yeah. and to and to leap somewhere that you're not in some way grounded and prepared for and stabilized for is dangerous which is why it's kind of beautiful you can only evolve as fast as you're supposed to evolve yeah um and you know i kind of look back now and think it's a beautiful journey if i went back and said anything i'd only ruin it there's no doubt yeah. i think i'm kind of getting to that place i think in the past if i'd gone back in time i think i would have reassured myself i think i would have said you've got it like whatever you're going to yeah, yeah. need yeah hang you've in got there, it yeah. in you like just keep going trust yourself trust it's going to be okay um which you know i look back at points in life i think that would have been a lovely message to have but i also feel like by doing might, that might, there's probably a lot of other people that were saying that anyway they probably were 100 percent, 100 percent, yeah and i just again didn't hear it i didn't see it but i also feel like even though it's a lovely reassuring message you know i'd, I'd like to hear that message now even and people do mm. say it to me now i don't always hear it but people do say it i think maybe i would have taken a bit of my power away i would have because the point is i wasn't supposed to be in a place where someone else whether that's future me or but something not me experiencing it in that moment i wasn't supposed to be in a place where something else was going to tell me it was going to be okay i was supposed to be in a place where over the very very long term very slow progression i was supposed to learn that i was going to be okay i was supposed to learn that i had that within me that i could figure these things out or i could survive or i could thrive or so i think i've slowly started to change my thinking slightly about going back in time um yeah but I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure yeah if i'd go back I think, and I think say it's, it'd be okay. it's interesting it's probably how you're talking to yourself like how i was talking. it's probably the you kind of know what you're going to listen to because it's how you talk to yourself and i listened to a lot of self-criticism what got me going it's what i knew i'd react to that's why i told myself that so in a way unless you're going to speak the same way you were speaking to yourself you probably mm. wouldn't listen now, i i speak to myself so i'm a different teammate to myself now i'm an arm around the shoulder kind of Hey, that's you know, a nice phrase yeah 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 it's 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 kind of it's a big one for the stuff that you know that i do and that I, I really love to follow is this kind of you know what kind of teammate you're going to be to so you do spend a lot of time with yourself yeah. way, so you might as well be a good teammate and and understanding what that teammate is and within the the rugby profession and lots of professions when there's fear and all this stuff about results and it, people draw on the guarantees so you know if you go to fear and anger you'll get a reaction people are worried about and they think i need to get all of you out there so they think how do i get you acting all of you fear and anger but then when you find the other way to be like oh how do i get you fully um you know involved now to myself it's like excitement opportunity those two now those are just not the currency when you've got things hanging over each other when people are like geez if this doesn't go well this might happen to me i need these guys to go out there and do this job takes a real strength to sort of be like well hold on i've got to see fear and opportunity in my own world to be like oh sorry excitement opportunity so if i lose my job that could be exciting It'd be a great opportunity mm -hmm. well, so now i can i can then offer excitement opportunity to everyone else but you know we do respond through fear and anger and immediately when we're in that space of being like oh it's a big game if we lose the coach wanders in and says if we don't win this game that's it for the season and the anger is this other teams think you're a bunch of mercenaries they don't respect you. I heard their coach saying this. I never know if those things are true. But you see the guys kind of going, oh, no, they're going into that mode. And it's a shame because, you know, when you're in training in the middle of the week and everyone's having fun, you watch them you're like, geez, you're good. But when you get to the weekend, they're a little bit more, oh, more hunched, a bit more sort of empty. It's a shame because I think the best teammate you can be to yourself is, is excitement opportunity. Yeah. But it's tough if you don't genuinely, as you said, feel awesome about yourself and view the world that way already 
I think that's brilliant advice. I love that idea about being a team. I'm actually going to think about that. I'm going to start thinking about something I want to work on every month and what kind of teammate am I? Be the teammate that will help you get there. Be the teammate. The teammate has to be a very strong teammate because the teammate's almost like a turkey voting for Christmas there because you're sort of moving to a space generally of being much quieter, which means that he's, yeah, he or she's going to take a bit of a, you know, is essentially being cast off. That's why it's a really big, powerful teammate because if your teammate's there, no, just relax. Just chill out. You've got this. Just fully engage and let go. And as they do, the teammate goes, oh, I'm off then. That's me gone. You know, whereas the teammate that kind of like, hey, listen to this. You know, just, you know, you're going to have to work hard. You know, the teammate's like, this will keep me alive. Yeah. So when you have a teammate that's willing to, you know, sort of put themselves on the sword for your benefit, that's the real deal. And that's what we need to be to ourselves, I guess. We'll get to that point. Yeah. Something oh, to work on. Yeah. Well, you've got a choice. There's that one or the other one. <laughs> or maybe it's different at different times. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, maybe. exactly. Horses for courses. Yeah. And I like to think I've got control control over this teammate the whole time but I know and I have in terms of when you're actually consciously thinking about it but obviously subconsciously as well like a lot of the stuff we've spoken about today that's going to creep in as well and that's going to affect our teammates yeah. um so we need to watch out for it so I'd be very very interested to hear how all this goes very well, interesting. I'll, I'll I will be, keep I'll be you doing posted. The same thing. yeah I'm sure you will <laughs> so thank you very very much it's been a joy Pleasure. as usual and it's lovely to think I wasn't really quite sure where we were going to go today or what we were going to talk about because me neither I don't even really know what we do talk about. So, you know, we have so many random conversations and I always learn something, but I can never like, I couldn't bottle it and be like, oh, this is the Johnny Wilkinson method. This is the thing that you need to do. We just talk about stuff. And I always come away thinking, yeah, I never thought about that. Or that's really interesting. Or um, so I didn't know it was going to go today. So it's been a lovely yeah, conversation. Awesome. And hopefully we've yeah, shared indeed. that with some others as well. The Mindset Matters podcast is not for profit, supporting Bloom Mental Health UK's resilience programme for young people. Each time you listen to an episode, you're helping teens and young adults benefit from getting the support they need to become more resilient. You can discover more about the Bloom programme and their impact at mentalhealth-uk.org. It's always such a pleasure chatting to Johnny and I hope you got a lot out of this episode of Mindset Matters. I got to see a side of him that I know and love. I do love a game of rugby but I love a good chat about psychology more. I think there are three key things that we can all take away from this conversation to help us in our ability to thrive in life. First up, a healthy dose of self-awareness and introspection. This allows you to really understand where you want to be in life and assess whether your actions are helping you to achieve this. In Johnny's case, what he was chasing wasn't actually there in the end, but his journey along the way was incredible. His pivotal moments of reflection at a challenging time in his life helped him reframe what his purpose was and what he wants to get out of his life. Next, failure and change. They shouldn't be feared, they should be embraced. Yes, grieve for your losses and allow yourself time to learn and grow from them. Bottling things up for Johnny meant he found himself in survival mode. When he began to accept the fact that change was a necessary part of the process of personal development, it allowed him to release the pressure that he put on himself and gave him the space to breathe again and to see things from a fresh perspective. Finally, Bring your attention back to yourself and be present. It's easy to get caught up in doubts when we care so much about our goals, 
but if we let it creep in, it can compromise our performance and well-being. When we focus too much on what others are thinking about us, we're hanging on to a past version of ourselves that we can't compete with, or we find ourselves feeling anxious about the future. Instead, embrace the present moment and be exactly where you need to be right now. This is a great approach to building resilience and living a happy life. Johnny, thank you so much for your time today and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and like me, you're thinking to yourself, how can I be more Johnny? Head over to the Mindset Matters Hub for bonus resources that delve into my conversation with Johnny today.